Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucking Indianians? I don't even know what that means. Indiana? Hey, what's going on? It's me, Mark Marin. Thanks for being here. This is WTF. This is my podcast. I imagine most of you know that. We have a great show today. Michael Sarah is on the show today from uh, the Scott Pilgrim movie and from Arrested Development and from the Juno movie. Nice kid, that, uh, that Sarah. Good kid. Like that kid. A couple of things I want to do before we get going, before we get into that interview, is thank the lovely people of uh, Bloomington, Indiana, for coming out to the Comedy Attic Friday and Saturday. I had great shows. What a great small club. It's, a, it's, it's great to play an independently owned comedy club that has some personality. There's nothing better than a small comedy club, a, an independently owned comedy club. And Jared runs a great place up there. It's one of the best comedy clubs in the country. And speaking of that, I'm going to be at the uh, Ice House in Pasadena, also an independently owned comedy club that's not affiliated with a chain or over-franchised. I mean, the difference between being at a club that's got some history or being at a club that's got some love in it, as opposed to being at one of these corporate outlet comedy clubs, uh, is infinite. The show quality is so much better. I'm going to be at the Ice House in Pasadena on the 29th. That's on Thursday with Eddie Pepitone and Maria Bamford, and it's going to be fucking great. It's an 8 o'clock show. I'd love you guys to come out if you're in the L.A. area. If you've never been to the Ice House, it's a great club. It's, it is just, it's a hot room. It's always been a hot room. Haven't played there in a long time. Looking forward to it. Live WTF at the Tiffany Theater, formerly the Steve Allen Theater, Tuesday the 27th. It's going to be a good show. Got uh, Brent Weinbach, Rory Scovel, Retta, uh, Ron Funches from Portland. Got Eddie and Jim, of course, at the end. I don't know if there's tickets available for that. You can go to WTFpod.com uh, and go to the calendar and get the link. You can get the link for all of that. What else do I got to tell you? Well, Indiana was pretty awesome. I, You know, every time I go up there, I always freak out a little bit because I think it's, uh, where is it exactly? Where am I is what I think. And I had that gig booked for weeks. I mean, months I was going to play at the Comedy Attic. And, of course, the few days before I get there, people are like, well, Friday's fucked. There's no, no one's going to come to your show on Friday. There was a basketball game. It's a big, important basketball game. You have to understand, in Indiana, in Bloomington, basketball is the primary theater of belief, rivaling only Jesus in its importance. And there was a big showdown between the Hoosiers and the Kentucky, what are they, the Wildcats? I honestly don't care. And and I'm not saying that in a condescending way. I just really don't. I don't know what it. I don't know what's going on with it. But it was in, insanely important to the people of Indiana. And of course, it was during my second show on Friday. But I mean, the the, the degree to which they prepared this town, they took down lampposts. I mean, I imagine, and that was primarily uh, for if there was a celebration. Not with, with, with people being angry. They were concerned that if people were excited, there might be a risk of some of the fans falling out of the sky from, uh, from lampposts. See, to me, I would think that the big threat of a riot would be when a team loses. But no, it's, it's when they win. It's a celebratory destruction of property. Yay, let's burn this town down. Unbelievable. So it turns out they lose. 
and the streets were literally quiet. It 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 did it it, it was also raining, but nonetheless, I think people just went into their homes or into the bars and drank quietly in their defeat. There was no turning of cars over. There was none of that. And and in that way, I think that my presence there was necessary. I think I was the right comedy. I was the right comic for the job on Saturday with a grieving state of Indiana drooping towards the comedy attic, looking for some sort of salve, some sort of spiritual relief from the defeat of their beloved Hoosiers. And who better than to do that than the heathen Jew that is me? And we had great shows. But then I get there. I fly in. I get up at 3 in the morning to fly the day of the show. Uh, I get there. I got to take a nap. Weather's not great. I'm a little freaked out that no one's going to come to the second show. And I crash out. Okay, so I'm sleeping there. This is a well-needed. I needed this fucking nap, people. So I'm just crashed out. And all of a sudden, there's like a banging on the door. Like, and I'm like, what? Like, Guest services. I'm like, I'm, I'm good. I don't, I don't need anything. Guest services. I'm like, what the? And I get up and I'm like, what? What? And through the door, the person says, there were, there's a funnel cloud spotted in the area. We're suggesting that guests take shelter. Uh, if you don't want to leave your room, you can stay in the bathroom. That's the safest place. And I'm thinking, why are they being polite? What the? What is a funnel cloud? I mean, if it's a tornado, say it's a tornado. I mean, I'm thinking I can sweep through a funnel cloud. That sounds that sounds kind of cute, actually. A funnel cloud. That's not a problem. All right, thanks for your help. I go back to sweep. I tried until it started hailing, pinball-sized hailstones. So I'm 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 looking forward to this gig for months. I get up there. There's the most important game of the year. There are tornadoes and it starts hailing. So of course I said, why is this happening to me? Why what what have I done to yield this? But you know what? The show's turned out great. People it was beautiful because it was people that didn't care about basketball. <laughs> it was good. Then the next day in Bloomington, I went to a uh, college towns are pretty cool. I'd forgotten what it was like to be at a coffee shop in a college town, like an, like a, an indigenous coffee shop, like a coffee shop that's been there for years. And as you know, college towns always have a, a pretty healthy cast of freaks that kind of linger around the college and they just sort of age with the school itself. Uh, you, you know, it's not clear whether they went there. It's not clear whether they think they're professors. It's not clear that whether they think they're students, but some of them are in their 50s or 60s if the coffee shop's been around long enough or the college has been there a long time. And just sitting in there, it was just, uh, it reminded me of uh, when I grew up in Albuquerque, just that the, the weirdos that would hang around the school because that's where they felt important. And I, and I really had these moments where I was sitting there thinking like, how many days do you have to hang out at a coffee shop before you become like, oh, that, that guy's here. Yeah, that yeah, you know the one, the guy with the thing, whatever that thing is. But it uh, it was, I, you know, I got some writing done, sat there, didn't feel like I was in college, which is rare. I actually felt like an old man. I felt like one of those freaks lingering around the campus, kind of vampiring off the energy of the excited students, doing the big work at a small table. I always have this fantasy that's uh, that's where I would have ended up, in academia. I always had a, a fantasy that I would be uh, a, a, uh, a professor, a professor of bullshit. I have no idea what I would structure my class around. What would the syllabus be like? Let's talk about me 101. 
uh, a, a, a survey course in Mark Marin. And then I just kind of, every day, I just kind of do what I do on the podcast and talk about myself and maybe quiz the students on me at the end of the semester. I, I couldn't, uh, I could only fail people if they didn't care about me. <laughs> the music in today's show is provided by our friend, Fen Eichner. Uh, he has given us music before. These latest tracks are from his band, Seashell Radio. They're on tour throughout March and April, so check them out at seashellradio.com for tour dates and more songs. Do you play guitar or... Yeah, I do play guitar and um, a little piano, too. Did you grow up playing piano? No, I, I started playing piano when I was about 17 or eight, or six, 18. That's too like late, that. isn't it? Yeah, I can't really <laughs> play. I mean, I, I have no chance of really becoming, like, you know, I mean, it's it's amazing when people can just, it's yeah. like breathing air, you know? Was that a dream, though, for you? Just to it is able... now, but it's too now that it's too late, it's a dream. I mean, you have to fucking practice. Like, I don't you know. think you, I really don't think you can start late in life and have that kind of grasp on it that people who start it, too. But wouldn't that be a miracle if you were a wonder kind at 30? It'd be amazing. Like, you know, out of nowhere, you're not a child wonder, you're a 30-year-old wonder. That'd be, that'd be all the more impressive, I think. To find a gift like that. Like, yeah. he's a wizard. We, yeah. I wish we'd known when he was younger, <laughs> where we could have made some money off of him. And you play guitar, too? Yeah, that I've played a little longer. My dad played when I was growing up, so we had one in the house, and I just started when I was maybe tw- uh, 13 or what something. What kind of guitar was it? Because my dad just an had acoustic, one you know, Yamaha acoustic. Right, with the, with the nylon strings or with the steel uh, No, string? he always just has, yeah, just the regular nickel-wound Oh yeah, on it. yeah. And what were the uh, what were the tunes that Dad laid out? He's pretty good, you know. My Dad's got, I think he he he's got a pretty good musical taste to to impart. Oh really? He always played a lot of Wings in the house. Oh, he that's always, good. He had the best of Wings, so that. So he played like Hell on Wheels and. Uh... Yeah, it was more like um, Uncle Albert oh. and like High High High. Oh yeah, on heavy yeah, rotation, yeah, you know, just yeah, 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 over and over. Well, Uncle Albert, that's fairly complicated. Yeah. I, I'd like to hear a guitar version done by your father of Uncle yeah. Albert. Yeah, oh, that would be nice, yeah. Did he do that one? I, I don't know if he uh, knows how to play that one. I know how to play it, though. You do? It's, yeah, yeah. There's like several different uh, textures. It's, it's and, like four songs in one. It's a small symphony. Yeah, it is. Uh, if you don't recognize a voice, Michael, Sarah is here in my garage. So we're starting. We started. With, with the sanding. Yeah, I don't fuck that. I don't care. Great, okay. That's, that's a like windblower. Wow, great. That's a windblower. That's not a sander. <laughs> that's a different sound altogether. I can live <laughs> yeah. with a windblower because you kind of <laughs> know what's gonna, it's going to go. Sometimes we have dogs going on. Sometimes there are mm-hmm. helicopters. You know, that's- it's LA, the, man. It's the beautiful DIY vibe yeah, right. of the podcast. Right. I don't even want to know what that stands for. I'm just going to figure it out myself. You don't know? No, I do. I do. <laughs> I just- <laughs> <laughs> it means dick in your no. I, um, dick in your yeah, that's what it means. Yeah, dick in yours. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, that's the vibe I'm looking for. So, all right. So the piano thing. How's the left hand go? Are you right handed? Yeah, I am right handed. That's my big problem though. Is that left hand is getting? Yeah, the that hands... took a while. I mean, at first I just uh, I started playing piano because I would try and record songs on my own, right? And want to put piano stuff on. So I had a keyboard and I would just do it part for part. You know, I would mm-hmm. do the right hand part mm-hmm. and then just overdub the left hand part. Yeah, and not ever be able to do them at the same time. Oh, really? Yeah, so and then, and then so. I just try, and then I just eventually worked out that coordination somehow, just by being very easy on myself. Oh, really? Not putting too much pressure on it, you know, doing it like that at first, and then being like, well, maybe I can do this. So you actually were more like, because I remember, I, 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 may, I think it's akin to juggling. Like, there's a moment where you're just like, I'm doing it. Oh yeah, yeah. So you just yeah. were easy on yourself, as opposed to like, fuck. But fuck, when you scream, fuck. I do it out loud, or when you scream, fuck. 
Yeah. It, it t- you tend to throw yourself off musically. Right. And especially so, unless you make that the song where you keep fucking up right, and going, fuck. And you write that into d- it. So <laughs> write a change around it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you ever do that? Do I ever just scream fuck you? Yeah. Sure. I mean, I'm, if this guy keeps sanding, <laughs> it's going to get ugly. <laughs> this window opens up, right? Uh, sure, man. I mean, Doesn't if he it, know? Yeah. What? No, I told him. Doesn't He's he know here. I drove 15 minutes to get here? I, I explained to him, you know, I, I don't know if you know who Michael Sarah is. and I, I Don't listed, tell me what he said. I listed your movies. He's like, uh-huh. oh, no. Shit. And that, No, it's all right. I mean, I'm not sure he's your audience. Does, did you, you didn't have like a Google image? Well, I, I didn't, uh, I was going to bring him in, but then he showed up. But I think Maybe you've seen it. me on Conan or something. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I, I, we can go back out there and perhaps uh, stand yeah. awkwardly for a few minutes when he's watching. Hey, I'm watching. the guy. Yeah, this so, is, you know, huh? Anything? Is, yeah. If I make this face. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a great way to, to try <laughs> to I get, take this to, off. to figure out whether people recognize you or not. If there's a, <laughs> yeah. a, a moment where they're looking at you, where they're like, anything? Nothing? Oh man, the Nothing? worst is when people say like, where do I know you from? And you have to rattle uh, off things you've done. Right, and then they go, no, it's from that... Uh, no, it's Zombieland. The... Right, right. They just insist <laughs> in the... No, really what's terrible. worse is where you do that yeah. number and you're sitting there going, is this guy Pilgrim or you yeah. know, Arrested Development? They're no. like, no, the Starbucks. You go to that Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, right. That, that's... I saw you working down at the Starbucks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not me. No. I... no yeah, that's, uh, that's the worst where you just kind of... You drop all the names and they're yeah. like, no, that none of those are it. People insist that I'm Jesse Eisenberg a lot of the time. You know, really? Yeah. They argue with you? Um, I mean, they just, they just, they'll just say like, hey man, that new movie looks great. Social yeah. network, that look, I can't wait to see that. And you're like, that's not me. Uh, one guy in a, in a convenience store one time said to me like, Jesse Eisenberg? I was like, no, no. And he goes, Michael Sarah. <laughs> yes. Bing, bing, bing. He knew it was one of the two. <laughs> And that was, was that, I, I'm hoping that was the end of it. And yeah, he just, he just yeah. said thanks. Yeah, right. I just, I just grabbed my, my <laughs> yeah. three bottles of wine and walked away. You're a walking quiz show. Right <laughs> yeah. There's. A, I just came up with an idea for a TV show. Who is it? Right. Um, Are you in? Just help me to understand it a little bit better. I, I, it was really impulsive. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I hadn't thought it through. It all came out in that moment. There was no. There's no backstory to it. So someone for, goes out on the street. Right. Hollywood Boulevard, where all the stars. Well, I think maybe you'd have to, yeah, right. Hollywood Boulevard, right. where all the we're sad, all, on a clear people, night, all the stars, yeah, are out. the costume people are out. No, where where you you'd have to set it up where they have to go into an environment. Perhaps you have a couple of B list celebrities, which you're not one of, but uh, and, and I'm not condescending them. You got to work. Maybe we should end there. Is that we're that's, done? That's going to be the high point. Did I think. I, you you saying that? I mean, God, <laughs> I, I might cry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Here's the idea. You asked me to flesh it out. I'm going to flesh it out. This is a pitch. So you, you set up some celebrities, perhaps at a Target, maybe one or two celebrities. Oh, I like that. And they're just shopping. Okay. And then you sort of unleash your contestants. Okay. And they have yeah. to find the celebrity and also- celebrity Target. Right. And you could do a cross promotional, right? Thing very easily. Yeah. Oh, and I could probably get uh, um, you know free clothing. There's a lot of yeah. stuff I could do. Maybe a coupon. Right. But. So they have to identify, they have to find the celebrity and then identify them and name them. Oh man, that would be, so that sounds very painful for the celebrities. Well, you know, I don't know if you've watched TV lately, but you know, there there are some shows where they're, they're open to that. It's just all about degradation, yeah. Well, it, well, isn't most of it? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I mean, the whole, if you choose to be an actor, you're kind of yeah. subjecting yourself to that. I guess, <laughs> isn't right? that television? Yeah. Should it just Look become... at me, I don't care if you think I'm a zero. I don't care, just look at me, please. <laughs> I was watching Network the other night. Have you seen Network? Um, the movie network. Oh yeah, from the seventies. Yeah, Patty Chayefsky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great. Yeah, right, and there's a, and, and that and every time I see that uh, that monologue, the where yeah. not the Ned Beatty one. Oh, but, okay, yeah. but one of his sermons where he's like, "We're in the boredom killing business." Yeah, right, right, right. The right. boredom killing right. business. Turn off your sets. Yeah, turn yeah. them off. Yeah, there's no truth here. Right, right. 
Um, he, so he's I, incredible, that actor. Yeah, Peter Finch. Was right. It? Yeah. yeah, I think that's right. And he passed away like before he won the Oscar. Right. He got a posthumous Oscar right. for yeah. that. Yeah. He was spectacular. They Amazing. were all great. That yeah. movie is so fucking darkly perfect. funny. Mm-hmm. And there there are scenes in that. Like every time I watch it, I'm like, I can't believe this movie. It's so ahead of its time. When the woman is pitching the ideas for the shows. Yeah. That's I mean, those all would be television. Well, shows that's what now. it was it was really a satire and yeah. it became this weird prophecy. Pre- yeah, I think yeah. prescient is what they say. Yeah. It was prescient. That's what I say. So do you? Have yeah. you used that word? Yeah. I, I'm going to try to Network was prescient. Oh, very good. Yeah. And this, this is not the first time you said that. Uh, well, no, it is. Um, oh, it is. It is the first time I've said that. Yes. But you have but, uh, integrated the word No, prescient. I do have a prescience to use that word, though. <laughs> I appreciate that word. You appreciate prescience? <laughs> yes. Okay. I, I have a prescience for it. Okay. But does that work? Does that having a prescience for a prescience? I don't uh, think so. Now we've gotten into a corner here. No, no, no. There's no corners here. (laughs) Everything, it's clutter here. So, but you are an actor. That's what you do. You're not a stand-up comic. No, I've never done that, yeah. And you have no desire? No, uh, I just don't think I, um, I think that would be really brazen of me or something. You know, I don't think I I appreciate that. Yeah, I think it's true though. I mean, you know, if you're going to I would resent you. Yeah, right. If If you were like, all of a sudden decided like, I can sell tickets. Yeah, I'll put together 35 minutes and bring four openers. I'm good. Exactly. And I'm too afraid, you know, I'm just, it's really too scary. Are you scared in general? Sure. Yeah, (laughs) I'll I'll go with you on, yeah, I'm scared in general. (laughs) Because there is something tentative about the way you uh, move through the world, I think. Yeah. I think that's, that's well sort put. of your 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 thing is sort of like maybe not yet. I think maybe that's um that might have always been the case or it might be something I've adopted yeah. as a defense mechanism. Right, but it's not but, uh, it's not something you've adopted as a hook. It's still an organic uh, yeah. part of your personality. It's like, <laughs> no, I'm going to be this guy. You know, No, a- it's definitely not that. I don't think you could do that. Could you? I've seen comics do it. You know, comics make weird decisions. Like a neuroses that they wear. Right. On stage. Right. That's my act. That's my thing. But do you think they then embody that completely? Well, uh, some of them. Alone at home? Yeah. In the shower? Uh Uh-huh. I mean, picture Richard Lewis anywhere. Do you think he's ever just saying like, ah, I'm good. I have pictured Richard Lewis in the shower and it always is It's uh, it's difficult. He's having a hard time. Yeah. He's like, oh, water, I can't. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that some people are truly like that, and I tend to respect them a great deal. And I, you know, and I think you seem to be truly. What is like the respect? What is the? Can you explain that to me? What the respect of it is? Well, I think that uh, you, you know, obviously, anyone who does stand up is doing some amplified version of themselves. Yeah. But I think some people do stand up because it's how they are themselves. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, and I think he's one of those guys that everything is very immediate to him. Yeah. Uh, the connection with the audience. And he wears it. Oh yeah, yeah, and like because I had him in there, he was sitting right where you were sitting, mm-hmm. and um, like there was part of me that thought like, you know, after seeing him recently on TV or, or maybe in a club, I thought like, really, he's not resolved any of that stuff. It's still yeah. this immediate to him, and it is, and and then yeah. you realize like, how much do we really change, and what do you expect? That yeah, it's person? his way of experiencing the world. Yeah, and I'm not sure that he, he I, I know he owns it, but I mean, it, it seems like uh, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, right. yeah. So when did you start doing the start acting? acting? I started when I was nine. Really? Yeah, I've been doing it uh, fourteen years. You were nine years old. I was, and you're Canadian, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now that's all a different thing, isn't it? Very different. Yeah, yeah. people are nice up there. There seems to be less competition. You know. uh, Actually, you know, when I was nine, it was fiercely competitive. Really? Among ch- kids in that age group. Did was... you have like a bet noir? Did you have uh, uh, somebody you hated? Like there's that Yeah, kid. there was, um, a, there were like three, I would say three guys that you see at every commercial audition. Yeah. I went on probably, realistically, probably upwards of a uh, hundred commercial auditions 
in, at two, nine. in two years at nine. And I only ever booked two of them. The first one I ever went on, the first audition I ever went for. For what was that for? It was Tim Hortons, which do you know what that is? Sure. They have co- it's like, uh, they have pretty good coffee. I mean, it's yeah, like it's Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, it's a Canadian Donuts. institution, yeah. you know. No, but it's here now too. I always look forward to it. I enjoyed the logo. When I see Tim Hortons, I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to go to Tim Hortons. Right. Like, yeah. And they had they made one in New York on 34th Street, oh, right wow. across from Macy's. Wow. And I was sort of like, ah, oh, it's a Tim Hortons. Like it, wow. it got me. I got hooked into it somehow. Um, and their, you know, their coffee is pretty it's, good. It is what it is. I well, mean, and it's got it's, kick. It's like Dunkin' Donuts. You take it, you know, you drink a cup. Yeah. And you're like, damn. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's a drive-through. You know, I mean, in Canada, you just drive through. Yeah, and they have donuts and hamburgers. I yeah. think, right? They uh, like, I don't think they've ever done hamburgers. No, but they, you can get lunch. You can get a sandwich. Yeah, you can get a right. bread bowl. Uh, mm-hmm. A bread soup, bowl. You know. Yeah. Bring that in your car. Sure. Then work with that. Yeah. Eat it from the top <laughs> to the bottom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got to move quick so it doesn't end up in your lap with a <laughs> <Right>. mobile bread bowl. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you don't want it to dry out because then it's just a weird sandwich. Yeah. No, it's just something happened bad. Right. So was your but wait now was your mom like a driving uh, yeah. stage mom? Kind oh of? yeah. Oh no. Oh no. No. She. I mean, driving literally. She drove sure. me, and I. You know, I couldn't. But it was your dream, not theirs. Yes. Yeah. Fortunately. No, what, do you remember what inspired you? Like a commercial? I think <laughs> Ghostbusters inspired oh, really? me. Yeah, I think so. I mean, as far as I can, because when I was four, yeah. I was saying I want to be an actor. Right. And I had, you know, I had gotten the chicken pox when I was three years old. And so for that week that I had a lot them, of TV. it was all Ghostbusters just over and over. And I oh, had really? memorized. Yeah. It was just my whole world. You'd memorized Ghostbusters at three or four years yeah, old? Yeah. That was my life. Wow. Yeah. I, you know, I, there's a lot, you're not alone in memorizing things. Right. A lot of comics I've talked to and some directors have like memorized shit. <laughs> yeah. Like Apatow used to like, you know, write down the scripts of SNL really? sketches. Really? Oh, so he would- He, he would, would transcribe Intentionally. Them. Transcribed. No kidding. As as a young man, he was like, and, 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 it's, and you got to assume that people are, he like someone like him was starting to understand the mathematics of script sure. writing because of this it's weird It's like Hunter compulsion. Thompson, you know, Hunter Thompson used to rewrite like Hemingway. Did he really? Yeah. Because he said he wanted to feel what it would be like to write a great, to write that- Great. I had no yeah. idea. That's a yeah. good piece of information. Yeah, it's kind of like it's like you're. It's a weird, sure. It's like learning from the masters. Or that's something. interesting. Like he would literally transcribe yeah. it. Entire books. Yeah. Entire books. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I know. It's it's an interesting method of of self education. And you chose Ghostbusters, not Hemingway. Yeah, I mean, and I wasn't doing it consciously. You know, I I just I was just like I liked playing right Peter. And Venkman, it was so you know? fucking funny. It's I'm so sure. amazing. Yeah. yeah. And when you're three years old, it's really that's yeah, like the best. You get lost in it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> are they making another one? They are. I right? think they are. Yeah. Are you going to be involved with that? Not that I know of. No. You should maybe call him. Call Harold Ramis. Yeah, but you know charge. that would be playing with fire. I think. Don't you think it, when something is so dear to you, and yeah. then you don't. I don't want to be the thing that goes in and uh, ruins exactly in the, the in the, the third one. The beautiful thing that you have in your heart <laughs> from when you were a child. Right. The thing that literally is responsible <laughs> for for everything you are. My life. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to kill that. That that'd be so. <laughs> yeah. That's another. I think we just wrote a movie. Yeah. About the child actor. Who loves a, a certain movie, and then right. he gets cast in the sequel as an adult, and and it's horrendously it, received, and he ends up you know destitute and sad. Right. And then like the actor from the original one finds him on the street and says, "It's not your fault." <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> that would be incredible. I actually met Bill Murray recently. Really? It was one of the most amazing moments of my life. I I think it'd be amazing for anybody, but especially, yeah. What was that like? Was he you... was so nice. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, everyone knows. The stories of him being just like he can kind of be a little bristly or be, rough, be really hard on you, or, yeah. or just or accept you. And he, because of I was introduced to him uh, by Jason Schwartzman, yep. who he's got a warmth towards. So yeah. maybe that helped the situation. And he was just really great. 
And um, I was about to go down to South America to work, and he um, was talking to me about that and wished me luck, and it really helped me on this project I went down to do. It was it really stayed with me. No kidding. Yeah. It, it, it was it. Uh, how long did you spend with him? Did you have a meal or did you? No, it was. I mean, maybe five minutes. Where, what was the situation? Was it? They I, were shooting. They were shooting a movie, and um, I went down to set. To we're see here. Them. It was out here, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was in uh, West Hollywood. Did Schwartzman call you and say yeah. he's going to be? Yeah, they, and I had some other friends working on it too. You, you guys have sweet dispositions, you know. Do you ever think you're going to play a killer? Or... I would. Uh, I would really like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. Maybe you should pursue that opportunity. Yeah. Um, it'd be I... fun if you played a killer and did not change your disposition. Right. <laughs> that would be the scariest, wouldn't it? Yeah. Just be really gentle. Nobody sees it coming. Do it. Yeah. Okay. Be fun. Be so wait now before we get to this movie in South America, which uh, sounds compelling. Yeah, which is why uh, I, I, we were going to do this interview a few months ago. Right. But then this came up. That yeah, and you said uh, I, I thought there was some uh, there was an issue with a bicycle too. Is that possible that you were going to ride your bike somewhere? Maybe I'm making that up. Do you ride a bike? I do ride a bike, but I don't I don't remember what that why would, it would come up. Yeah, <laughs> why, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why I brought it up then. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Um, Maybe so I was what, having bike troubles and I postponed. Maybe I just used that, that as an possible? excuse. To, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm shooting a movie, but this really has more to do with my bike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe that was the email. I got some bike troubles I just can't ignore any longer. I, I, I can't take I gotta, on any other. I got to get a guy over here to adjust the spokes. It really I, needs my full attention. Yeah, I don't know how long this is going to take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't get in that headspace right now. <laughs> Not with my bike like <laughs> Can't this. be introspective while my bike is in this condition. Oh, shit. So, all right, so your mom's driving you to auditions. Buffering yeah. your disappointment. My mom not only did that, but she also, um, yeah, buffering my disappointment because really it was a lot of auditions. It's and brutal. Um, yeah, and there were these three kids that you're like, oh, there's that guy. He's going to get this. As soon as you walk in, you just know. But did you hate him? Did you hate his hair? His, I hated his dumb the, face? Uh, I hated the auditioning. I hated the kind you didn't of hate acting. hate the kid? No, I mean, he was doing, he was he was really good at doing this certain kind of commercial acting. And where is that kid now? Do you have any they're, idea? They're, they're all successful, I think. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, there's a few of them. I mean, there, there's- In Canada or- yeah, and um, some of them have, have kind of broken through to the States, which is like, you know, I, I, this monumental challenge when you're growing up doing Canadian work. Yeah. It's not only because, you know, it's so competitive, but also because um, of the work permits and it's just right. really complicated. I've had problems up there. Yeah. I was flagged for a while for in no Canada, reason. Yeah. Working up there? Well, they wouldn't let me in a lot of times. Oh, really? It was a big struggle to get in. Yeah. Because- yeah. Um, they knew I, They just knew you would be- and then my paperwork, the paperwork was screwed up. I'd gone up to do a festival yeah. and they didn't have the proper paperwork in place and I'd driven up from Seattle, so they turned me away. So Ugh. they, so on, on record, I was sent out of the country. What a drag. Just for nothing. Yeah. But for six so years. So now that there's like It's a, a flag, so yeah, I got to right. go through immigration every time I go in. Right. I got to go sit with the, you know, guy, with, it, you never know what you're walking into in immigration Right. It really depends on the guy's mood a lot of the time. Uh, it, always. Yeah. Like the only way I found out what the hell happened was some bitter customs guy who had just had enough. Like he was one of these guys like, these kids, they don't do it. They're, they're not doing it right. Yeah. One of those guys was like, yeah. here's what happened. Someone chose to flag you because of this reason and no one's going to take it off and it's really up to any individual who's sitting here to you know put you <laughs> right. through whatever they put you through. I'm like, that's the system? Basically saying, I have the power right now. Right, right. And he was easy on me because yeah. he wanted to you know kind of you know, get it out. Yeah, yeah right. And I appreciate that. Clarify it. But okay, cool. so what? Now your parents, though, your what? What kind of childhood? What? What? What are we looking at? Dad was. What did he do? My dad has worked for Xerox, 
Really? For I don't know, maybe thirty years now. What do they do now? He's he's a technician. Okay. He fixes. So he does whatever's necessary. Big copy machines and yeah, whatever's necessary. He's really amazing at that stuff. Really? He could just he just fixes things. He like we had a, we have a big screen TV at at my parents' house. And yeah. It stopped working. The yeah. Picture stopped working. He just took like the the circuit board out of it and just like um, <laughs> took a soldering iron and just fixed it. That's amazing. Or, I would have just been like, oh my, I need a new TV. <laughs> You'd be driving he, it over to the store. Together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's amazing at that stuff. He's built a bocce court in our backyard. Really? Just, yeah, on a whim. He just uh, decided that- That's the rolling balls? Cool. Yeah. So you got but bocce- But he built this beautiful court. Oh, he's really? really? Yeah. He's really impressive. So he's, a, he's a, a skilled craftsman. Yeah, he and is. And an engineer, electrical yeah. engineer. He's good with his hands, yeah. And uh, oh, that's uh, it's amazing to, to have somebody in the house like that. Yeah, and he he's is. musical. He's an impressive guy. So he plays music. Yeah. He can solder and, right. and build a bocce court. Right. See, that's a real man. That's if, what men if, do. I mean, if it was a dating service, he'd <laughs> that be would kind be of it. top five, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll I would take say this so. guy. <laughs> yeah. And what's your mom do? Break a lot of things in the house? Too? My mom. Well, my mom moved down here with me. Okay. To do uh, Arrested Development, I needed a guardian, and so she. Up to then, she was doing this. Um, she was doing daycare in our house. She had a, her own daycare service. Are they together still? Yeah, they oh. are. Yeah, and. Um, so she she uh, stopped doing that to come down uh, with me and live with me for the three years that we did the show. How old were you when you started Arrested Development? I think fourteen. That's amazing. Yeah, it was a you know I mean that's like it was a huge uh, shift. We're gonna have to get to that too because I had Cross in here the other day and I've known him for oh no way twenty years or so. But the weird thing is I had him in here and because we have such a long history together, I didn't even I forgot to ask him about Arrested Development at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was no, so I know that I've got an hour and a half conversation with Cross, yeah, and people are going to listen to it, waiting for that. I'm like, it's not, it's not happening. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot to cover with him, though. I mean, well, know. most of it with when I know people 20 years is just bullshit, yeah. like yeah, softball right. games when <laughs> yeah. we were 20. You know, a bone to pick. That you yeah, have from oh yeah, years definitely. Ago. Oh yeah, there's always plenty of those. <laughs> yeah, right. But in terms of what was the first gig you got booked on? The first, uh, aside from like the no, the commercials. I mean, I'm oh yeah, it was the Tim Hortons commercial. Oh, that's right. And then which and... was not really acting. Okay, was, I was just playing with kids all day, yeah. and we didn't get paid. Right. And uh, then my next job was a, a Pillsbury commercial. I poked, okay. I poked the doughboy. You got to poke the yeah. doughboy. I'm, I'm. You're the... a poker of a doughboy. Yeah. You and he yeah. went. <laughs> yeah, I had my poker face. And did, <laughs> did was there a doughboy there to poke, or was that no. something they added later? No, sadly. Um, so oh, they so had to, you know, work with me. Um, I was a nine-year-old Green kid, screen. so they had to... Yeah, it was just like an eyeline. And, mm -hmm. you know, they also had to to um, break the news to me that he didn't exist. Oh, that's rough. Which sent me into a, a real downward spiral. Did you want to quit acting? Yeah, I wanted to just quit childhood. I wanted to give up any fantasy. That... <laughs> the dream was over. I was just having this conversation last night that I remember distinctly my mother telling me there was no Santa Claus. Yeah. You do? Yeah. How and um, I was I don't know, maybe mm -hmm. 10? Uh-huh. And then a few months later, brushing my teeth and just stopping and realizing... Wait, there's, so does that mean there's no tooth fairy also? There's no Easter, but like it all dawning on me. There's no, none of it. There's no magic. <laughs> that was a bad it just morning. just all came crashing down on Was me. that a morning teeth brushing or a night teeth brushing? Uh, it might Did have you have been. to go to sleep with the, the sad realization? <laughs> yeah, you, didn't, right. you, didn't even, you didn't even have a day to process? <laughs> I don't even think I spat all the toothpaste out. I just I went into like a zombie. Just like, dripping out of your mouth <laughs> yeah. and just went to bed with toothpaste. Just chewing on the pillow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, so the doughboy must have really cinched all that. Right, Jeez. yeah. So then that, and then I did a Canadian television show. As a kid. As a kid at 10 years old. 
And uh, and then a few movies, like movies of the week, Lifetime movies of the week, you mm-hmm. know, nothing funny. Did you get to work with anybody that was... Uh... Uh, Lorraine Bracco mm-hmm. played my mother. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio played my father in the Abby Hoffman movie. Oh, that I, rem- I remember that. Yeah. Steal uh, Jan- this movie. Yeah, Janine was in yeah, that. Yeah, Janine Garofalo right. was my mom in it. Right. When I was 10 years old. Oh, that was a, really great for me. I don't identify you as a kid. It's weird. Or maybe you're just like <laughs> it's forever weird. whatever you are. <laughs> yeah. You, you know what I mean? Just this you're, yeah, ageless. You're, yeah, this ageless yeah. guy. I, uh, well, that okay. So that was all before Arrested Development. Yeah, that was when I was like 10. Yeah. And how did that come about? When uh, Just how, auditioning. and That was it? It was a cold audition? Yeah, I, I, I was doing these like acting classes when I was eight, nine. Um, because a friend of mine was doing, you know, it was just like improv games and stuff where you just are playing games with other kids. Mm-hmm. And I had this really great teacher one year um, who pulled my mom aside after one of the classes and he, he said, hey, maybe you guys should consider getting an agent because um, you could probably make a little money, you know, for school or for whatever. And um, he was really encouraging. He just said, I think Michael could, you know, And this one you were nine? Work. Yeah. Eight or and nine. That, I remember walking out of that just feeling so full of... Yeah, yeah, I felt I'm so be a star, happy. Mama. Yeah, I mean the possibility of that, yeah, and yeah. just that he believed in me in that yeah. way, it was really nice. And did your mother do that thing? Was do you want to do this? Um, or was she? I like, mean, she knew I did. You know, I was oh, right. really, I was really Already. excited right. about it. Yeah, right. yeah, I loved doing it, and um, I still do. You know, I, I've always loved, really loved working and getting to play like that. So you just went in for an audition for Arrested Development? I sent a tape. Actually, uh-huh. I had done a show the year before for Fox that nobody has ever seen. Right. Called The Grubs. We did eight episodes. It was in front of a studio audience with Randy Quaid. I, I, it was on TV, right? It never aired, no. They, maybe they showed commercials. But, um, they show commercials and yeah, it didn't but air? They, what but the they, fuck they, happened? They, they killed it, yeah. I don't know. It's really hard to understand. We did eight episodes and then they came in and said, no more. Um, and they replaced us with this kind of mid-season replacement that also failed, you know, just... Um, it was just one of those weird things. They just, I don't know, they just felt like it wasn't working. Huh. But that led to me getting Arrested Development because these casting people at Fox knew me. And um, and Mitch Hurwitz had seen The Grubs, uh, apparently. Yeah. According to him, he had seen it and he said, I, I like that kid from The Grubs. Yeah. And then, um, so yeah, then I sent in a tape for Arrested Development and came in and, and booked it. And then history yeah. was made. Yeah, although I came so close to not being able to do it because of work permit stuff. Oh, not because of the other kid from Canada? No, it was not that. It was like um, they were shooting the pilot, and they had started, uh-huh. and uh, the work permit had not come in. Ugh. And so they kept me around, and they were like, look, we can keep you around like two, three days. We can delay shooting your scenes. Yeah. But after like Thursday, we got to hire someone else, because we have to shoot this pilot. So me and my mom were in the uh, Ritz-Carlton in Marina del Rey, and they were shooting in the marina on a, a boat. There, right. There's this yacht sequence in the yeah, pilot. yeah. And we're just looking out the window at them on this yacht and sitting in the hotel room. And it was oh, terrible. Just, you know, just crying. waiting. Was and, there crying? I mean, I was, it hadn't gotten to that point yet, but I was really sure that. And you didn't go stand on the dock? Yeah. With the just, long face? With the wind blowing in my hair, <laughs> watching this future be taken away. Yeah, on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> had they brought in another kid? I think so. I think they had a kid standing by, yeah. Oh, kid standing by. Yeah. That's the name of your book. On deck, just... <laughs> It's salivating. <laughs> Did you have any, was there any sense like uh, from the beginning that it was going to be so, you know, such a like, tremendous, uh, not uh, not hit in the in the biggest sense of the word, but that people were going to lock into that? Like, did you know you were doing something completely unique or was it just well, a job? Well, I was job? so excited about the cast. Oh my God. Because we were, so do, we, funny, we did like readings where we were, we all auditioned with Job's, yeah. different, jo- different, you know, the Will Arnett character. And so these like five guys came in 
And it was the first time I'd ever seen... Because they hadn't casted it yet? They hadn't cast that. Oh. And Tony Hale was there as Buster, but mm-hmm. he hadn't been cast yet. But they had him in there right. reading. And he was like, I don't know if I have this part or not. <laughs> yeah. And what he was doing was so funny. And then these five guys came in and they were all funny. And Will was the last one. And he really just was so different. From so all. you were already cast? Yeah, I was cast. And they were casting other people and they wanted you. Right. They were seeing the chemistry. Yeah, and Jason was there. And right. uh, a few other people had been cast. Mm-hmm. But uh, Will coming in was so, it really just changed the whole thing. Because other people had been reading the part very differently. Almost more like uh, Tobias, like David Cross's, like they were very gentle. Uh You know, they're like staging this intervention in the pilot and they would all be kind of condescending. And Will just had this, that attitude that he has right from the start. (laughs) He just brought that in. And it was all him. Yeah, yeah. And it was like electrifying. In terms of comedic sensibility, I mean, all those dudes are so, you know, high-level yeah. comedic actors. I mean, yeah. did you see yourself as a comedic actor at that time? I felt so lucky to be, to you know, to get that part. Even, right. even though, I, I mean, I'm not, you know, I, I, in my, my, my role in the show is kind of, it's grounded in this family element. Yeah. But um, I was just so excited to be on that team, you know. And to, and but I, you have a great sort of almost like a strangely unique and stilted timing around how you yeah, and funny. I have this strange thrust right from the beginning, which is I'm in love with my cousin. Right. Which is fun. It's a really fun yeah, thing to yeah. find. I mean, it's so weird. You know, I just saw her in a movie. Yeah, Elia Shokat. I saw her in Lie, The Lie, in Joshua Leonard's movie. It's an oh, independent yeah. film. Right, right, right. I just went to a screening of that. It's a sweet movie. She's I got haven't a, seen it. She's got a small part. Right. Uh, but I remember it's her great. talking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The movie's really great. Yeah, my friend Mark Weber's in that. Yeah, but I don't, where's he from? He Well, he and I worked together on Scott Pilgrim. Oh, that's right. He's in that. And, that's a uh, great movie. That was a good time, no? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I love that movie. I'm really happy, proud of it. But um, but he's he's amazing. He, he's been around for years, and he's just he's just one of those. He's one of those guys where you see him, and it's like, that's that yeah. guy. He's always yeah. solid. And, yeah. It's an interesting movie. I don't know if it's going to get a big release, but I think it's going to be on Netflix soon, like available. I don't know yeah. how they're doing it. It's very weird how things are released now. Have you got well, movies in the can that you don't know whether they're going to be out or... Well, uh, this movie in Chile, I really don't know what the future of that movie is going to be. But you went to Chile. Yeah. But, you know, there's no money. Um, it was shot in 12 days and uh, with a crew of like... Do you play Allende? No, no. <laughs> but I ended my career by doing it. Um, <laughs> but literally, like this Sander is one of one of the crew you know it was yeah, like oh, just really? a handful of yeah. guys that ernie uh, was on the crew yeah huh? ernie yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really small movie i don't know um you know i think maybe it'll get into some festivals or something what's it about it's about uh it's called crystal fairy it's mm. about this woman named crystal fairy who's like this kind of hippie strange woman and she's in santiago and so am i and i'm this uh, american also and we meet and um Oh boy, it's so funny describing it out loud. It's very, it's just, it's not really, uh, it's kind of a meandering movie. You know, there's not a real thrust to it. Who directed it? This Chilean guy named Sebastian Silva, who's amazing. Did you know of him before you got asked to do the movie? Yeah, he did a movie called The Maid a few years ago. I remember that. Yeah, and so I was in New York one day and it was freezing. It was in January. And I just, I went into a theater to get out of the cold. And it was just starting, this movie. A small movie. Yeah, very small. Yeah. And um, just playing on a handful of screens. Yeah. And I saw it. It was just starting and I walked in and just loved it. Yeah. And and then got to meet him. And and we're doing another movie together um, this year. So it's exciting, you know, to work with. So you're going to be his guy. Well, we're going to. 
do uh, at you know these two films which it's like a, it's like scorsese and de niro it's like this is it this is gonna... that would be fantastic i would love to find a guy like that you know yeah, were you just in every movie yeah where you just really work well together uh-huh. and have a bunch of exciting collaborations together that's such a dream you know have you had trouble with directors no i no i've had i've had amazing yeah luck with directors well who i mean who directed most of the arrested developments there were, were there, there were a handful of guys paul he, feig did a lot greg matola yeah jay chandrasekhar mm-hmm you know, there was... Uh, but TV's there was a little different. But in movies, yeah. I'm trying to remember who directed um, Scott Pilgrim. That was Edgar Wright. He, and you he, know him? No, I don't. He did Shaun of the Dead and Hot oh, Fuzz. Yeah, of He's course. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And did this amazing show called Spaced. Simon Pegg and uh, Nick Frost. It's, they're it's kind a of a crew. Show, they they right? do a lot of stuff together. I, I need to watch more. Those are know? my favorite. You know, there's like a handful of British shows that have really had a profound effect on me. Like you know? which? Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Did you ever watch that? No. For some reason, nobody knows that one, but it's so. So I'm funny. not an idiot, at least. No, nobody. You know, nobody What's in London even. It's called Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, and it's British. Yeah, and they don't know it in Britain. No, they just did six episodes. Are you sure it exists? Oh yeah. I, okay. Yeah, no, I'm pretty. I'm, I'm, I'm very sure it exists. Yeah. <laughs> not something you're making up. I don't think so. I'd to be so proud Santa? of myself if I. Did. <laughs> that would be amazing if I could just. What is that? Dream what, up a show. What's the impact of that on you? Well, it's just so funny. Okay. And so well done. You know, they have such a high standard of. Um, quality over there i don't know why i'm wired to like you know i, I obviously watched python a lot and yeah you know the, but i i didn't keep up with a lot of it because i'm more wired jewish neurotic kind yeah. of uh, manic american you know uh, insecurity driven comedy and i don't know that i ever what really about like the office though i mean that's great of, that's what that is basically right yeah. i mean no that's, that's great I pure mean, insecurity that that thing uh ricky gervais in that is uh, just and i'm not obviously the first to say this it was something beyond anything i could have <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. like it's, it's inexplainable. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, how how amazing he is in yeah. that show. That I character. just rewatched that. I hadn't seen it in years, and man, he just finds these moments. I, there's never a false moment with that character. Everything he does is yeah. something you've seen before. The scene somewhere. where he dances <laughs> to, to that to me was beyond anything I could have, like where yeah. he's like he's gonna. He's going to show them. Yeah. And he does that thing. And the, the intensity that he puts right. into it is so vulnerable. And then he and, can't admit how bad it was afterwards. Right. He's like, but okay. you, it, there, there's never been a bigger asshole that you love yeah. so much. Right. And, and he's not yeah. an asshole in the standard asshole way just because he's Although so he can be. You know, he remember, like I, um, there are some moments that I'd forgotten where he gets really viciously ugly. Right. Like mean with yeah. other people. No, that's true. And it's kind of, they kind of brush past it. They don't linger on it. But, you know, there are some moments where he'll insult, like, a woman for her looks or something, and it's just right. like, whoa, you are so, but so he's still, insecure. But he's still grounded in this delusional self-centeredness yeah. that, it, you know, it, you, he's always sympathetic. He's so lonely. Yeah. Oh, he's just so, it's, I mean, that's... It's so odd, because I don't, you know, he, he sort of annoys me in other things, like, you know, publicly. Right. Uh, Gervais does a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't... Have, have you ever had him on the show? No, I don't know how to get to him. Huh. But, yeah. uh... But I'd like to, but yeah. I think I find him a little, I find him a little intimidating on some level, but also I find um I don't know whether he's sort of uh you know kind of a pompous ass or not. I know it's really hard because that show he seemed to have this real grasp on humanity right and on same someone with, who's so up their own ass that they can't see themselves and same with extras too i thought that was very humbling and yeah. I, I liked a lot of those but when i see him on do stand-up or i see him on talk shows and every publicity shot of him has that same weird look with yeah. his mouth open i'm like i've had enough you know 
I mean, I, I'm annoyed uh, at the billboards, and yeah. that, that does that affects me. Right? Yeah, I know what you're saying, and I get the feeling that he thinks everything's beneath him. But I'm projecting, you know, and and certainly if I had the opportunity to talk to him, I would. Yeah, that thing that he's tapping into now—that kind of like you know, careless, controversial right. guy—is not what I is not what I really gravitated towards him for in the first place. So I don't really I don't really have the necessity to infuse atheism into almost every statement he makes publicly. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, you know, but it's it it really um I think rewatching The Office made me reappreciate him in that because I had kind of forgotten, you know, based on all that stuff he's doing now. I had forgotten how uh impressive he is in that. Oh, it's so subtle and and again another guy with an amazing amazingly unique comedic timing. Right. Like it's it's completely his own. And it's so amazing right out the gate how much he goes for it just because that character is someone who wants to be funny so he can that gives him this free reign as a performer on the show to just do all this to be profoundly unfunny and funny and because it. of it and yeah. it's true yeah. to the character yeah it's really smart well i had this amazing moment with a uh an interview with a british comedian who i think is spectacular who's uh, that Stuart lee and i never knew of him until uh, an american comic who spent time there was like you got to see this guy oh i don't know him and he's completely original and completely unique in his delivery and his timing and a very brilliant guy and uh and that really like i'm just not i i don't feel like it's xenophobia or anything um snobby about my approach to british comedy it's just not in my face yeah you know i have to make choices to go find it right uh but well cuz there's a lot of bad ones too yeah there's a lot of big well, that's what I was you know. associated with, men wearing wigs and speaking loudly. Right. And you kind of have to dig for the... Uh, it's kind of like over here. You know, if, if something's good, you have to... What about Canadians? Canadian, Yeah, I mean, um, Canada you... has this really strange track record for television and, and just content. It's yeah. really, it's really uh, odd. Do you know the McKinney brothers? Do you know the Kids in the Hall guys or any... Do, were Who, they I don't know the McKinney brothers. Well, Mark McKinney and his, and his brother Nick. Uh, his brothers? Yeah, Nick had a, a sketch show on Comedy Central oh. here for a while. But but yeah, well, where, where the kids? Well, in kids the in the hall. Yeah, I mean, kids in the hall was amazing. Did you ever? Where did you, which part of Canada did you grow up in? In Toronto or outside that's, of Toronto? That's good. It's a good town. Yeah, it's so they were there. Did you ever get to see them? No, I mean, I don't you know when kid. they. When did they end? Yeah, yeah, Probably nineties, right? Like well, you were born when? Eighty eight. Yeah, I remember weird. watching them every day. It was on every day at five thirty, mm -hmm. and it's just so such an amazing thing to discover. And you never wanted to do sketch. Uh, I did a little bit of that. You know, not not. That never was an ambition of mine, just because because of the way I kind of stumbled into, you know, um, Arrested Development and yeah. that you know that being kind of the first opportunity to do something funny, really. Now, when does the movie shoot? Um, I don't know. I think hopefully this summer. But and um, you're in, right? Yeah, I I just think it's uh, it, it's so hypothetical. Still, until it happens. Well, only because there isn't a script yet. But it seems like now. Everyone kind of believes. That Have you it's all happen. met together, or are you still? Was everyone just sort of like, "What's going to happen?" Right? We did this thing in uh, New York in yeah. October for the New Yorker Festival. Yeah, and that was the first time we had all been it was together. A panel. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a panel, like a reunion thing, mm -hmm. and um, that was the first time I'd seen a lot of those people in like six years. Tambor, what was? Tambor's amazing. Yeah. Oh my God, he's he's the most amazing guy. He used to just get changed yeah. with his door wide open the trailer door i've seen him in his underwear I, I have a feeling that he strikes me as a guy with no personal boundaries whatsoever i think that <laughs> i don't think he does have personal boundaries i think he likes to make a game of yeah. breaking them down like the first time i uh the 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 first time i introduced him to my mother yeah 
this is episode two of the show. We were doing a table read, and he he was just walking by, and I went, Jeffrey, this is my mother, Linda. Uh-huh. And he walks by, he goes, I don't want to meet your fucking mother. <laughs> and just walks, goes away. And then like 10 <laughs> seconds later, me and my mom are stunned, like, like about to pack our bags. And, and he uh, comes back and gives her a kiss on the cheek. You know, <laughs> he's just like, he's it's just like, like you just have to be okay with this well that's just funny because like if you told that story about anybody else you'd be like what yeah. the fuck but for some yeah. reason with him you're like of course he did that it makes but sense yeah is he, was he always fucking with people like that yes and he was always you know he could just do things like that just be mean like that and you just knew it was coming from a an okay place. but he did he apologize, make up for it usually he never had to because it was never really angry except one, I did see him have an angry outburst once really and it was really scary because everyone thought he was joking at first I bet you it would be scary. But he he was, seems like a scary guy in some ways. Well, he's a big guy, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's 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 intimidating. Yeah. But but in fairness, he was um, in an, a very uncomfortable situation where like um, he we were doing a, a bit on when he's found in a in a hole like a rabbit hole, like Saddam Hussein. You know, mm-hmm. we do that, and um, so he's down there and like sand is getting kicked into his eyes. Mm-hmm. So he was that was kind of starting to get to him. Right. And then he, he was like, what, how many more of these are we going to do? And someone laughed and he was like, what the fuck are you laughing at? You know, that kind right, of thing. Right, yeah. right, right. And there was he, a moment where people were like, oh, okay. oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, he gets away with it because he has such warmth, I think. Well, it's weird to know how long, like, I, I believe I'm going to interview him at South by Southwest. It'd be amazing. Yeah. I and, mean, he, I never had seen Larry Sanders when we were shooting. Yeah. And if I had, I think I really would have been unable to talk to him just at, you know it just would have been in awe that thing is amazing that's one of my favorite performances i mean he's so consistent it's unbelievable the whole arc of that series is mind-blowing yeah and his character they really i mean he's uh, it's that's it's similar to the gervais character in a yeah, way oh, yeah yeah but not but not and no, i'm not talking in terms of of anyone copying anything but that but i would say that all the characters on larry sanders unlike you know the office is that they're hyper self-aware in some weird way. Yeah. That they're like, there's this bravado to all of them, but then there's this right. paralyzing <laughs> spiraling insecurity to yeah. every character on there, except for, you know, um, Rip Torn. Yeah. Rip Torn seems but pretty But even solid. he has his moments where yeah. he kind of breaks down. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, the show is his identity. Yeah. Like there's that moment where the show is ending and he just goes into the wardrobe and closet and just cries. Oh yeah. God. It's really nice. Well, don't, did you watch that recently? That uh, show, or yeah, the, the yeah, series. yeah, yeah. Once it all came out on DVD, I but just... but Tambor was in and Justice for All, in Justice for All with oh, Al the Al Pacino. Pacino movie. Yeah, I mean he was amazing in that. Yeah, yeah. He loses. He's his been mind. around a long time, right? It's yeah. just, and he's very Jewish, right? Yeah, and yeah. I, I don't say that in a bad way. I'm Jewish. Yeah, you're not Jewish, are you? No, I'm not. No. What's your background? Well, my father is Italian. Like Italian, Italian. He grew up in Sicily. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He's a very. You wouldn't believe it if you saw him. See now that's now he's a, like a an Antonioni character. You know, he belongs in a movie like The Bicycle Thief. He's yeah. fixing things. He's, right. He's like this young boy. Yeah. Growing up in Italy. Yeah. Doe-eyed little boy. And that was the way it was. <laughs> yeah, I think that's. I think that's who he was. Fixing TVs. Yeah. As a child, maybe bicycles. Speaking Italian. Yeah. yeah. Do you? No, no, I would. How uh, do you grow up with a man in the house and not I know, pick I, up a second language? You, I you, really you, wish I had. All my co- all my first cousins are bilingual. It's I think oh, it's you were given a gift and you didn't take it. Maybe if my mom were Italian speaking, we could have we would have had the balance in the really? household. But she doesn't like Italians in general. Or? She hates <laughs> Italians. Yeah, which is why she married him. <laughs> she's not even racist. She's only racist towards Italians. It's that's a strange weird. specific thing. Yeah. yeah, and that's what's kept your family together so right. long. Right, that's the glue. Where's your mom? What's her background? She grew up in Montreal. She's Canadian. Does she speak French? No. 
So it's a family thing with you guys. <laughs> yeah. It's You're just, surrounded by a second language, but you yeah, just refuse I had to. no hope of being bilingual. <laughs> Although now I pretty much speak Spanish fluently. Is that true? Yeah. I, I studied before going down to South America. Really? Yeah. So you have a knack for it? Well, I, I really immersed my... I really studied What did you intensely. use? The Rosetta Stone? Or? Uh, Berlitz. Really? Yeah. This, I went and studied with a woman. Oh, okay. Because I uh, this movie we're going to do uh, this year, I'm going to speak be speaking Spanish in it. The whole movie. Um, not the whole movie. It's but uh, but my character is is fluent. Like I wish I could communicate. I I feel I feel stupid for not knowing a second language. Like yeah. there gets a point, especially when you live in L.A., where it's like you know I really should out Pick of respect, yeah, and yeah. out of practicality, right, right, know how to speak the language. It is nice to break it out now and then. Is it? Yeah. Do you impress friends and family? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. So let's get back to the Arrested Development movie for a minute. So it's going to happen. It seems like it, yeah. Okay. I think it is. You have no idea what the storyline is. Uh, no. Although, you know, what I think the idea is now is that we're going to do nine episodes before the movie. Okay. We're going to do nine episodes, one for each character, kind of giving some backstory. Oh, just reset. Yeah. Right. Because Mitch figured, you know, um, if you were to spend five minutes on each character... Yeah. In a movie, just catching them up. That's like, you know, a, a good hour of the movie already. Just so, But it's also, out. you know, spending an episode with the character this six years later or whatever, or however long it's right. been. Right. Seeing where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. So that could be interesting because yeah. I would think that with a few of these characters, things have gotten sort of grim. Yeah. You would think. I think, I think that's, <laughs> I think that's what he's, what he's planning on doing. Yeah. And the yeah. whole cast is on board. Yeah, Absolutely. That's great. I can't wait. To, I mean, you know. Is there a network commitment to it? Is Fox going to do it? No, I think it? Netflix is oh, doing the fucking, shows. That's the way to do it. Yeah, it's smart. Yeah. God damn it. Now, the music thing, is that something you're pursuing actively? No, I don't think I'm, I don't, I'm not good enough to pursue it. It's okay. just sort of, you know, I mean, have you ever done that? Have you ever thought about doing it? I think about it band? a lot and I played with a band recently and uh-huh. you know, I, I play a lot in here and I play to records and I enjoy yeah, playing and I'm exactly. not bad at it, but when I play with other people, I get nervous <laughs> Yeah, I know. And I fuck mean. it up. Right. Like I played recently with them and it was like, they wanted me to play really loud and I'm like, really? Just I'd be okay back here and yeah, I need more light, I can't see my up. fingers. You <laughs> yeah. know, that kind of... <laughs> right. So it didn't go as well as I would have That's something I scream out in the middle of the night for some weird reason. I need light. I can't. I can't see my fingers. I need. Where's Where's the light? (laughs) I wake myself up screaming. Uh, Yeah, I understand. (laughs) If the you know if if Santa Claus was still in place, you wouldn't have those problems. But I think (laughs) that was the beginning of a long, horrible night panic. Now I just yeah that sent me into this spiral of not knowing what's real. (laughs) Am I real? I can't see my. Where are my hands? No, you're no, you're, uh, you're obviously very professional, and you, you seem well grounded for the most part. Right. You don't seem right. fucked up. Are you fucked up? Not today. Up? You no, got today something I'm, you want to say? I'm okay today. You need to tell the world something. Are you hiding some sort of horrible you know, pain? It really and depends terror? on the breakfast I have. I think. Oh, really? It's yeah. A, it's that simple, though. I think like, today I hit a good note. Yeah, what'd you have for breakfast? Just a bowl of cereal. Just oh, some cereal. coffee. Cereal. So Had some life. Good. You had life cereal. That's well, I your thought thing? we were gonna get we were gonna get reflective today, and I I just wanted to start early. Have we gotten reflective? Um, not as deep as I was um, preparing myself for. Really? Yeah. Because you no, listened I, to the show. Yeah, I actually last night. And this is a maybe a very ill advised, but my I was at a party mm-hmm. and I was telling some friends of mine uh, I was going to do this show. No, no, the Todd. Which one? And uh, yeah, my friend Nick says, "Oh, you have to listen to the Todd Hansen oh, one boy, yeah. before uh, <laughs> you go on." So I listened to it last night in bed as I'm falling asleep. <laughs> oh my god, what's what going to happen to me tomorrow? <laughs> 
<laughs> you had to manufacture yeah. some existential grief of yeah. some kind. No, I just I had to put, uh, work on hiding it. I think just well, I put mean, up an extra. But it's I mean, it seems like you've had not. I mean, to be your age and to have as gifted a life on some level. Yeah, uh, and I've met people like that before. I would assume that. And I'm projecting here, mm. and I'll just throw it out there. I, I would assume that that the concern would be, how do I, where do I go from here? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and how do I sustain this? Yeah. Or um, or n- not sustain it. You know, sustaining seems to be the obvious thing, but <clears throat> it's impossible, though. I mean, I think if if that's your, you know, it's it's a hard thing to maintain a certain level of uh, a success right. in something. I, I find that really hard to. And also, that's never been my. Um, that's now was never my goal from the outset to, to ha- to maintain a certain level of you know. Well, you were nine. Right, you're just doing it because you like being on set and you like act- and, you like doing the scenes, you know. And that has stayed with you. Yeah, I mean that's. Uh, but but when you're at the level you're at, and you have agents, and you have relationships with with you know huge filmmakers, right? You know, who 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 are fans of yours, and you've done big movies, and you're very public. I mean, even in the small way that I'm doing this podcast is the yeah. biggest thing I've ever done. Right. And every day I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Right. You know, I'm, you know, I'm thinking like, you know, I'm going to say something. Someone's going to realize that, oh my God, this guy just goes through cycles and cycles of panic. And uh, what I thought was growth is really was just an upturn. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and eventually <laughs> right. people, I'm going to exhaust people of my bullshit. Right. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet though, right? No, but I I have to assume that, like I said this yesterday, you you know, that when you're anxious and full of dread and you have nothing going on, you can only go up from there. So that that dread, there's a consistency to that that's almost, um, it feels like home. Mm -hmm. But when you're in the middle of something- Do you find that's a cycle? That's like, is that like, you know, deep sea diving where you like hold your breath and then you go to the ocean floor- and then you're down there again, and you just have to go up for air, you know? Well, I find now, because, you know, I don't have time to really complain, because you know, there, that, that becomes a real issue, is that, you know, are you going to go to that place and talk about it when visibly everything is going okay for you? Right. And if you do that, you know, how, how the hell, you know, people are going to be like, well, what the fuck does he want? Yeah, absolutely. Why can't he accept that things are going okay? What, yeah. and, and then you realize, like, I don't know what I want. Right. And and that, you know, ugh, what, yeah. Yeah, so. no, it's that's really true. Um, I mean, I had a real, you know, I had a moment a few years ago where I was like, do I want to keep doing this? Am I perpetuating something that I don't really even... Which which is what? Perpetuating what? Uh, well, I was having a hard time with just being, being, um... Typecast as Michael Sarah. No, being, <laughs> no, that was, you know, I mean, I was fine with any of the work element. Right. It was just the stuff that was coming with it that I was starting to feel really burdened by. Like what? Um, you know, being judged or being right. you know having people kind of have an opinion about you yeah. is a weird thing sure. even though you can't say you didn't sign up for it right but also having this pressure to maintain you know to to um keep going down that path which you know which is seems like the only choice it's like yeah why would you stop working now when you're like well, th- doing th- well right but there's also yeah. that but like what the fuck are you going to do right what are you going to get a job at a store exactly what are you going to do? You kind of, yeah, you kind of... And um, deny who you are when people go, hey, you're... No, that's the thing, yeah. weirdest so, thing. That guy looks exactly like me. That's the thing, is that um, you can't deny it. You know, that that's really... That was my first reaction. Because I was like 18, you know. I was 18 when this got like... That, when Superbad came out. That week, it was literally like that week where um, walking down the street was just very different all of a sudden. Right. And that was really strange. And um, 
but good? Uh, no, or did you feel no, revealed? not good. Not <laughs> good. No, I mean it was, it was exciting that yeah. the movie was. Big, but I mean, um, but it's not. It's 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 like a. It's a weird. You lose. You have this feeling of losing control, mm-hmm. and not your and, life isn't your own anymore. Right, and getting that back is not really an option. An option. So you just you're take you you lose an option that you looks a lot more valuable in retrospect right you know your privacy and, yeah. and your anonymity and your control yeah right because now like you know once you're on that level once you're a a plane a, a a game piece in the big board yeah you know people like there's a, you know there's that always people going like well when's that piece going to be taken off the board right like you know yeah. what you know what happened to that guy? And you, oh yeah, you, you, yeah. No one asked for that. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden you're right. you're you're elevated to this place, right? Yeah. And all you're hoping for is like you don't want to be the whatever happened to that guy. Yeah, and it really happens uh, of no do you know no no, no device not. of your own. It's no, just happens. It's, you know? it's, it's horrible. But in now, given the accessibility people have through social networking, mm. that it, it's just it's 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 insane in show business specifically that you can just see the arc. Of decay. I mean, you have, you have decay and and sort of fading yeah. away that right. that happens. Yeah. And and you always want to have the most dramatic thought about like how they live with themselves now. They don't. Have, but a right. lot of people are just sort of like, I'm done. I'm living fine. life. I, yeah, yeah, I save money. I'm oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You, like there are actors I see on TV where you're like, what the fuck has that guy been doing? Yeah. What yeah. has he been doing for twenty years? I don't How's know. He been what, coping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just sitting around eating cereal, yeah. wondering when the next job is. But right. but the weird thing is, once you're in show business, you realize that. You know, people get paid pretty well sometimes, and you know, if there's a year or two where you're not working, you're all right. Yeah, you're yeah. not sitting around. You know, like you, the day that you didn't, you know, your your series stops. All of a sudden, you're like, I got to live outside. Yeah, you know, it doesn't yeah. happen. No, I mean, and the real path of the, you know, the typical child actor it, that grows up and becomes an adult is like a very unfortunate uh, it's way. It's kind of it's a really sad story no, uh, normally. Oh, almost always. And you can see the you can see a handful of. You know, I mean, you could see the path people are on. Sure. Very clearly, can't you? Can kind of see where it ends. Well, there, there, it, there is that thing, and because also what you're playing against is like um, the freakishness of seeing that child, the beloved child, <laughs> yeah. as an adult. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's very it's it's disconcerting. It be, it is. Yeah, it is. When when they it's oh my god, what happened? Well, yeah, all of a sudden they show up. What happened like to their face? Yeah. <laughs> it's never comfortable. <laughs> but you know, you have been in you know, you've grown up on screen in a way and you still maintain, you know, you've done I all your I try to change. soften the blow. Yeah, no, you've changed you've done all your changes. It's not going to unless you put on 50 pounds. You think you've... I've arrived at where I'm going to Yeah. I've done all my cha- I think so. This is me in 10 years. Yeah, give or take. Boy, that would be nice. I could really no, no, avoid you, startling people. Well, you're well, you're lucky because you weren't. It wasn't like you were ten, and then all of a sudden it's like, what happened to that guy? It's right, like, right, oh, right. He's yeah. on a show. Like, holy shit, that's difficult. I mean, I, I I know there are some people that that have gone through that. You the know, the kid from Malcolm in the Middle, Frankie Moon, Munez. Yeah, I mean, where's he at? I think he became a race car driver. Okay, so that there's an option. Yeah, <laughs> right. Don't think I haven't considered it. You know, but I just don't want people to say he's copying Frank Munez. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a child actor actually, uh, you know, made enough money and got enough fame to pursue a childhood dream. Right. You know, yeah. I'm going to be a, maybe you'd be a fireman. Yeah. Or, or an astronaut. Right. Why not? Right. Why not? No, but I, I, I understand that. So you do, you live with that. The yeah. Fear I, that. I, I kind of, now I kind of like it. You know, I mean, I, there was a moment where it took me a, a few years to just deal with that and, and, you know, figure out how not to fight it. How not to constantly react in a bad way to like being recognized or, uh-huh. you know, it, it was like ugly for a while for me. I really couldn't deal with it. 
it's weird when I get recognized. I know it's from a podcast, so I'm sort yeah. of impressed. You know, yeah. I'm like, wow, yeah. you, you know, if you're like Mark Merrill, right. I'm like, holy shit, you, know, yeah. you don't even know what I look like. But, um, <laughs> but I, you know, I do comedy and stuff. So, but so the because like I can see that you're very specific. You know, you're you're who you are. So I mean, I would imagine that the challenge is in in you're saying when you mentioned that like how do I, um get away from that you make different career choices yeah. to challenge yourself well that's what i like about it is that um and challenge the expectation yeah i think i've arrived in a place where people um don't expect anything surprising which um i kind of find exciting you know because you, but, yeah, Cause you but, can play off of that well, it seems like double-edged sword though because yeah. then it's like um you know they don't expect anything surprising so on some level so you're like, like i can just keep shit, doing yeah. the same thing until right. people don't like me right right or you can do something surprising, right? Which is the yeah. road you're taking, or trying to. I mean, you know, hoping to. And it, did he, you find that these recent parts that you're doing in the, in the South American movie that might not get released or whatever? Right. Yeah. Was that <laughs> different? Yeah, it is different. It's a different kind of movie, I think. You know, it's 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 what's fun is to find a director who um, has no has no preconceived notion of what you know what using me means. Mm -hmm. Whereas here, I I feel like there might be a you know, if someone's putting me in a movie and putting money into it, it's maybe because they're expecting a, a certain thing. No surprises. But he doesn't have that. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, so, you know, it's nice to work with someone who doesn't really have any kind of, doesn't give a shit about your career arc. And they're just using you in this way that they think is amusing. And what's, you know? would, what, uh, what are some of the, what would, like, how would you like to, uh, what are some of the dream parts that you would like to do? Like, what kind of movie would you like to be involved with? I'd like to do a, a really weird, um, a very like um, alienating film. Mm -hmm. I think that would be, you know, like a nineteen seventy, like a Michael Haneke movie or something. Like, well, who's, which ones are his? You know, he did like Funny Games and The Piano Teacher. The Piano I Teacher, think that I feel would like be really I know. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Piano Teachers. What's that about? It's uh, Isabel Huppert. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Actress, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And she lives with her mother. I saw this. What it's, does she do? She gets involved a, with a... Uh, with a young guy. Yeah, right, right, And right. then it's just this psychological wrestling match between them. Right. It's a power struggle. Right. And then he gets completely on top of her. And, um, and it, I mean, the ending is just amazing. She I, comes unhinged somehow, right? Yeah, completely. She's just, I mean, she's totally crazy. Right. And just so guarded in the beginning. And then she lets her guard down and lets him in. And he gets to her, and then she just loses her mind. So you want to be the Isabel Huppert character? Or? That would be great, yeah, if we could redo that, <laughs> reverse the roles. <laughs> that, would <be> <laughs> that would be really fun. That would be. So you want to do something psychologically the menacing. The guitar instructor. The guitar. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you, uh, do, now, do you have friends who, like, outside of um, Weber, and, uh, like, do you hang out with uh, the other comedy guys, like Jonah Hill or any of those dudes? Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I hang out with those guys. Yeah. Um, no, I haven't seen Jonah in a while. He's kind of been working all over the Busy place. Busy becoming a big star. Yeah, yeah. He's all over. Yeah. So I haven't seen him in a long time, but, um, we, we became really close when we were doing this super bad promotional tour. Yeah. To the point where, you know, I mean, we were together every day. We promoted that movie for like two months. I like him because like, you know, it, it's interesting even that, you know, he sort of grew up in Hollywood and everything there. Like, I like that there seems to be a genuine, uh, anger at the core of him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Right. That uh, that that sort of drives him. Like I think he's got yeah. a real kind of like a vengeance of some kind. Yeah, it's a nice. Ba <laughs> he's got a great balance between that and this like exuberant joy. Yeah, yeah. 
But it's there, really. Nice. Am I making that up? The oh, they're both there. They're yeah. both, I think they're both there. Yeah. 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 And uh, and who else? So Schwartzman's your buddy? Schwartzman, yeah. And um, Have you I been on know. that show? Did, oh, I think they just canceled it, though. The, no. Uh, Bored to Death? Yeah. No, I never was. Yeah. That's no. a cute show. Yeah. I Ames got into is it. interesting. Yeah. I thought it was really well done. Yeah. Who do you read? You know, the Hunter S. Thompson thing. That was a real gift there. I didn't know that about Yeah. Him. Yeah. That, I thought that you was interesting. You seem like an erudite kind of dude. You thank sit you. around. Well, you, you that's wanna... a gift. That's a, thank you for that. I um I like George Saunders a lot. Have you ever had him on the show? No, George but I have Saunders? his books, and oh, people have suggested him. Oh, it, he'd be amazing on his here. contemporary Sam Lipsight, uh, who just he I wrote, don't know him. Oh, he's great. Sam Lipsight. Yeah, he's great. Huh. He's a real close friend of mine. I wonder if I have an extra copy of anything here. Oh, he's boy. written. He wrote. Uh, he, he he's got a few novels. The, the last novel is called The Ask. And it's great. Do you like stuff like 70s style literary dark comedy like sure. uh, Heller? And uh, um, do you ever read, um, why is that guy's name eluding uh, 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 me now? Uh, Stan, uh, Stanley Elkin. No. Uh, yeah. They're, they're, he just, he's got a great dark comedic sensibility. But Saunders oh. has been recommending me a couple of times. Uh, he's pretty incredible. Pastoria, what is his book? The, Pastoralia. Yeah, he's and, got a yeah. few collections. Yeah. Of, uh, and then he's got this essays collection called yeah. The Brain Dead Megaphone. Yeah. You Which like is him, huh? He's great. And uh, John Fonte, you ever read John Fonte? I, I've been given it, but I didn't read it. He's oh, really? He's an L.A. writer, right? Yeah. Sort of a 30s in, guy. influenced Bukowski and some other people, or maybe, or no? Yes. Bukowski right. cited him as his god. Right, right. Many okay. times. Yeah, yeah, I have to read that. I've read some James, or, or some uh, Shelby, uh, The uh, Last Exit to Brooklyn. Oh, I don't you know, know that. No. Uh, know Requiem for a Dream. Okay. You know, yeah. very dark, sort of heroin-oriented, 40s, 50s. You know. Huh. Isn't it Selby, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. James okay. Selby. Now cool. I, hope I hope I'm not fucking that up. Right. So yeah. what happens now? Where do you go today? Uh, today, I, I don't know. I don't have any plans. This was, I kind of booked a day around this. See, I figured I was going to go home and crawl into a ball after this, but it was What would you think gentle. was going to happen? I mean, in, in, I don't know. I thought I was going to learn things about myself that I, I've been putting aside. Now I feel like yeah. I haven't done my job. <laughs> no, you, no, I... I uh, I, I think, think I think we have learned that you have um, that there's some you have some father issues around learning Italian, right? And <laughs> <laughs> maybe and that's a way of you envy of, his ability to solder, and you're never going to be able to live up to him, right? And uh, your mom's life is was built around you for the, a good portion of your career. That's you that's her. a whole other conversation. I mean, <laughs> that's yeah. I mean, she moved out to L.A. with me for three years. You know, did she it have was just a job? The two of us. She was just uh, working on the show with me. I mean, taking me to the that, show. But before that, did you take her away from- Yeah, her... well, she was doing this daycare business. So you took her away from caring for children. Yes, I, I did. To, to, really? Yeah. So you probably yeah. had a tremendous impact on the lives of people that had grown to rely and trust your mother for parenting. Sure, sure, sure. Maybe you should reach out to My sisters. Kids. You know, <laughs> I mean, my sisters were- You were it. Yeah. Is, so is there any resentment coming to you from the sisters? It's it's indirect, but um, it's there. I mean, I'm I, I'm. You I see it on Twitter on it. occasionally. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a Facebook update. <laughs> Negative Facebook <space laughs> yeah. updates from your sisters. <laughs> yeah. What do they do? Uh, they're both uh, working in um, Caledon, Ontario, which is where my family lives now. Working around there, my sister, my older sister, went through school, and now she's trying to get uh, work as a teacher. And my younger sister's in art school. And there's like, do they, you go back and they're like, oh, here he is. It's weird going home. Yeah. I mean, it's weird because I was the first to move out. You know, my older sister's still at home. Uh-huh. So when I go back, I'm going back into this dynamic that they're all still in. cemented in. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, very, um, very much kind of frozen in time. Yeah. Know? Like, uh, do you it hasn't get back changed. into the dynamic or do you fight I, it? No, I don't get into it. I, 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 I don't fight. I try not to fight it, but I mean, I really see it. 
Yeah. In a in a removed way. Yeah. That's weird. Do you know? they treat you differently? No, um, mm. but I think anytime I I kind of mention so- if I call someone on something that yeah. maybe I see, yeah, that they're not used to, um, right, being pointed out, it's it never has gone over well. <laughs> you know, right. do, do they I'm say things like, "Oh, I guess the movie star yeah. is chiming in," something like that, <laughs> something like that, you know. <laughs> Who are you? You haven't yeah. been here. Who are you? You took our mother away. <laughs> yeah. That kind of stuff. Stuff like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh no. But in, uh, but you know, but hidden. Yeah. It's oh, it, passive. That's what yeah. I hear. But you know, they'll they'll really say like, Michael, I, I feel some aggression right now. Oh, the, the, you're that. No, not really. No, I mean that's psychologically aware. You know, I, I think I think there's a problem with communication right now. I'm feeling hurt and angry. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's what I that's how I try and approach it, and then that's normally not really. Oh no, it's you, not. They want you to dive back into the dynamic. Yeah, I think so. I think they sure. I think it's kind of a, a stalemate. Well, yeah, well, that's an interesting thing that you're able to transcend that. I'm assuming yeah. you don't spend a lot of time home. No, you know, a few times a year I'm there. Right. So yeah, so you got to like give yourself that. Uh, yeah, it's like watching an iceberg slowly <laughs> change shape, but you're just like, well, it has to eventually. How long do you stay usually? You know, two weeks or a few weeks. That's usually enough to reengage. Yeah, oh yeah, uh, within a week I'm like, you yeah, know. Yeah. We're we're digging up some stuff, yeah. <laughs> Getting where, our hands dirty. Where's it sitting now? Okay, it's good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you know, I I have a pretty good relationship with all of them. It's just it's strange coming in and and bringing that outsider kind of point of view and seeing like you know just conversations that take place. Just being like, whoa, are you are you listening to that? Like, do you do you yeah. hear yourselves? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's strange to be talking that way still. Oh, you say uh, that. So things. you sort of I take a higher that. ground. I, well, I feel <laughs> that. I don't interesting. know. Interesting. Do you say that? Yeah. It's interesting that huh. you're still saying that. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah, that would not go over well. <laughs> that, would, that would just all turn on me. Oh, my God. Interesting. Well, there must be some way. envy, I would have to imagine. Maybe they, you know, um, I think it's it's because, you know, I've moved out. Uh, I'm kind of the only one who's come down here. I'm on my own. So I don't know. Maybe they're... There's this sense of. Um, do they want? Do they have desire of leaving? I mean, or, I mean, I don't know what Canadians think and, and whether you can speak. Well, my older Canada. sister is uh, still at home. You know, that's rough. How old is she? She's 26. Mm-hmm. So where normally she would have maybe paved the way. Right. You know. Right. So I, I kind of paved the way now. Right. It, What's the story with your room? Is it still? It's still the same. Yeah. Okay. Still has the Ghostbusters bed sheets. And, oh, good, good. You want to yeah. be able to go. Have you thought about, do you do any writing yourself? Yeah. I Well, I did a um, a web show that I wrote and uh, directed with a friend of mine. That's been the only thing I've really- What was that called? That vaguely... Clark and Michael. Okay. Yeah. And that's the only thing I've really, uh, I've written that's, that's, um, that's, I've seen all the way through. Have you thought about writing this part for yourself with the cycle? Because it sounds like your family is sort of, you know, in in a fairly yeah, non menacing, necessarily menacing way. That there's a good backdrop for, for what yeah. You I, want I, to I, do. I I I recently, really recently, have written a, a pilot for kind of a a way to vent that, but indirectly. Uh huh. Yeah. So you haven't had to make phone calls and say to your sisters, like, <laughs> look, it's not you, it's a character. <laughs> yeah, I'm who's not a looking teacher. That lives at home. It's got, but it's not you. I used your name because what? What? I mean, yeah. how many names are there? Yeah, that yeah. would have sounded realistic. Yeah, and you know, I'm going to be talking to this character, so I want right. it to seem real. So I want it to come naturally when I, my outbursts. I don't want to be worrying about. <laughs> wait, what's the character's name? <laughs> but it's not you. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. Well, I, I I hope you're not disappointed. I uh, that I uh, you, you know maybe we'll have to have a second session, or perhaps we can do this weekly. 
Sure. If we want to get to these things that I get wasn't deep, able yeah. to get through. Just maybe just record every every sure. third time or something. Yeah, and I'm, I'll Tell give you some... my phone number and make myself available to you whenever Great. necessary. Oh, I would appreciate it, man. You just call me when you can't see your Thanks. hands and I'll come out here. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> turn but, on um, but at least we're on the road. Yes. You, no, I think we've we've got a, a good start, and I think yeah. we can really. Uh, I think we can. I see a possibility for growth. This, you know, I've gone to therapy maybe just twice in my life. Yeah. And each time, afterwards, I, I felt like well, I really didn't say any of the stuff I came here intending to bring up. Uh huh. Which is why I kind of stopped going. I felt like I'm not good at that. I'm not good at getting into it. Well, I I think that you know some people over an hour or two, it may not be what you're expecting. Yeah. So, because the weird thing is that even even with this conversation, like I would assume that there's not a a, term, a a large number of hour plus conversations with you out in the world, right? So even people that have recorded, you mean? Right. Yeah. I don't know how much you talk to people. Right. Right. I mean, do you? This is the on, fir- this is the longest in weeks actually. And that you talk to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, normally it's like I'll, I'll just take the um, pepperoni. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. No, 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 not no yeah. steamed milk. No, no whipped no. cream. No, okay. thank you. <laughs> It comes out really cardboard like that. Thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> no, but like people will listen to this. And this is a weird thing I've, I found about this show that even if, you know, whether or not you felt disappointed or not, people who assume they know who you are or, or, or know you based on your characters right. will never have heard you talk like this. Right, right. So they're going to be like, oh my God, he's talking like a person. Right. And, you know, and he's not, he's right. like a whole person. He's got sisters. It's re- really different when you go on Conan, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You just have seven minutes to try and get yeah, to the and, anecdote. And, and, yeah. What did you talk about on Conan the last time you were there? A strange incident that happened to me where I ended up um, chasing a cab and throwing my car keys at it because it had my cell phone in it. So then you lost both things? No, I got, he stopped. He, I, I oh, you wanted him to hear. Yeah, I was uh, chasing him. It was. It's a really crazy story. I was chasing this cab in downtown L.A., because I had forgotten my phone there, in the uh, back seat. Isn't and, that uh, where do you really feel like half of you know, most of your identity? <laughs> oh yeah, is, is, yeah. I is needed in it. the car, especially yeah. for that evening, for the things that I was I was about to go and meet up with a friend that evening, and it uh-huh. would have just thrown the whole thing. So I I really luckily got it. Yeah. But um, you know, you don't get into deep psychological stuff. Although Conan, every, the few times I've gone on that show, which is maybe I don't know three. Yeah. Each time I've gone. Yeah. He's said something really personal to me, oh, like yeah. in, in the between? break. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's yeah, really, yeah, yeah. it's nice. Yeah, it's nice that he does that. Oh no, he's a. There's a lot going on there. Man. Yeah, and I mean, he does, he doesn't hide it. No, no, yeah. he's very, you know, he's very out there. Yeah, like he'll lean in, and be like, how's how exactly? Doing? Yeah, you know, like and give you the okay? real stuff. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I remember when he was about to come out to L.A. Yeah. I did an interview in his old studio. Yeah. And in the commercial break, he was like, so how are you doing? I was like, good. How about you? He was like, I'm terrified. I'm about to leave this studio. I've been here for like yeah. over 15 years. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, it's like, it's it's all different. It's changing. I, I don't know what's going on. And all of a sudden the cameras come back. <laughs> we're <laughs> we back with Michael Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. And you're sitting there like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it made me like him so much more. No, he's great. Yeah. Did you tell a story about uh, getting lost on a hike or something? Where yes. was that? Yeah, was I that told on that on Letterman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you saw that? I read about it. Oh, you read about it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I came very close to being in a very ugly situation in Colorado. What do, what, do you stuck hike? up on a mountain. Yeah, I was up there with friends. And um, the sun went down. We were just enjoying it so much. The sun was going down. And then it was dark. And um, and we couldn't find our way back to the car. And it, it was, so we, we were walking around for just a few minutes. Do you know Armin Weitzman? No. He was, he's a, an L.A. comic guy. He'd no. be a great interview for you, man. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, why don't I know him? 
I think if you knew him, you'd probably have an appreciation for him. I'm going to look him up. Yeah, he's, he's doing something. He does a bit of uh, stand-up and kind of hosts things at UCB. And, and he's a writer. I think he wrote on Sarah Silverman for I, a while. I'm sure I've met him. Yeah. And he's a fantastic guy. But uh, so we were up there and then we, we eventually were rescued by these hikers. And these guys saved us who were hiking in the night. No, but you just go, how far away from the car were you? Far. We were lost because we had tried finding it and we had just gotten more you lost. You had no flashlight because no. you didn't prepare. No. Yeah. We were really oh, stupid. We were all of a sudden, we were How many guys. people? Just three. And then when we got to our car, we were like, you know. Who led you to the car? These guys that were illegally hiking in the night with headlamps and they knew the mountains like the back of their hands. And they, they happened to come across us. I mean, it was, I, it was totally miraculous that they found us. You probably would have been all right, but you would have had to made it through the night. I don't night. know. Because when we got back to our car in the parking lot, um, we were like, you know, just exhilarated. And we were just finally really able to admit to each other how scary it was. And we were just like, you know, and breathing. And, no, but I mean, we were all close. Yeah. <laughs> and there was this guy, we, there was a car in yeah. the parking lot with just a cigarette light yeah. that we could see burning. Yeah. And this guy is just listening to everything we're saying yeah. for like five minutes, not saying anything. And then he speaks out. He goes, hey, man. I just, I have to tell you, I've lived here my whole life. You guys are really lucky. I've heard stories, man, about there are mountain lions out there. They'll get on you. They'll drag you off like a rag doll. And there's bears out there. I've seen it a hundred times. Hikers getting lost out there. They get ripped apart by bears. <laughs> and, he, and we were just like, you know, our jaws are dropping. He's like, I heard y'all talk. I just thought I'd spice it up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it was just amazing. It could have been really bad. Oh, God. Really who was bad. that guy? Who was that guy? We yeah, never saw his face. Yeah. yeah it was just amazing. Cigarette light. Yeah. Like deep throat. Great character. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. Go with Jesus. Yeah. Go with Jesus, <laughs> Did man. He He's that? with you tonight. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Did you say that on Letterman? Go with Jesus? No, I think I... I uh, you took that I admitted out? that just in case. You know. Yeah, yeah. Just in case. You, yeah. know, you don't want to put anyone in a position where they have to nah, address Jesus. You don't want to be all of a sudden saying Jesus on Letterman. I don't know. Who <laughs> no, knows what could happen? It's an understanding <laughs> yeah. that uh, everybody has. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was a great conversation. I felt that we did uh, well. Great. Do you? I'm glad you do. Yeah, I uh, I do for sure, but I'm, I'm glad that you feel that way. Yeah, and the thing about therapy is, is uh, what I, my point was, uh, <laughs> like it takes a while to for someone to start seeing the triggers like you know you yeah. you know you've got your own way of hiding whatever yeah i guess the, so whatever problem is in there bob weinstein you know bob weinstein <laughs> not personally the weinstein brother sure. he told me i was the most repressed person he's ever met <laughs> i don't know if it was some psychological game he was playing with me well those you know he comes from this sort of aggressive jew stock yeah well he's yeah i mean and uh you know i i mean i i feel that you know you 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 speak from uh somewhere in between your your uh, heart and mouth that's uh, nice. but, but but I don't know if it's repression as much as it is a, a vulnerability. So it's, it's, it's I think he might have maybe he's right, maybe he's not. But you you know you seem vulnerable. Um, and it was and, a dig, I think. Yeah, I I think sometimes people who have lived longer and and fought for things, uh, and had a lot of failure in their life, uh, they have a really hard time with people that are okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> because there's party that's like you know look at you. Yeah. What the fuck. Yeah. yeah, there's something got to be something bad in there. Right, it's just short of give it you know, a few years. Exactly, yeah. you, you date a stripper. Yeah. You ever tried heroin? Oh, could someone get him some heroin? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, you can avoid that stuff. Yeah, if you want. Right. All right, right man. Good talking to you. Thanks, man. What a lovely young man that Michael Sarah is. Am I right? I liked him a lot. I didn't know how it would go, and I thought it went excellent. I was happy to see him. Okay, what do we do now? We do the WTFPod.com. Maybe do a little of this. Pow! Look out! I just shit my pants. JustCoffee.coop, available at WTFPod.com. A lot of things available at WTFPod.com. 
WTFPod.com. You can uh, check out my calendar. And please come down to the Ice House in Pasadena this Thursday, March 29th, for myself and Maria Bamford and Eddie Pepitone. That is some power psycho shit there. That show is a powerful exploration of our, our mental condition as a species. Uh, Tuesday night, live WTF at the uh, formerly the Steve Allen Theater. Uh, that's the Tiffany Theater now. We got, uh, who do we got? Ron Funches, got Retta, got uh, Brent Weinbach, Roy Scovel, Eddie Pepitone, Jim Earl. I don't know if there are tickets for that. Coming up, I'm going to be in Denver. What is that? April 6th and something. Denver, Comedy Works. Where is that? April 6th and 7th. All right, la da Okay. Go make a donation. Pick up an app. Check the shit out. Look at the episode guy. Do what you need to do. I don't feel well. I just don't fucking... I can feel it in the back of my throat. I've been traveling too much.